Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to The Word. We are now into our uh, second episode. My name is Mitch Weber. If we have not met, or this is maybe your first time tuning in, this is now technically the uh, second episode of this podcast, so we are moving right along. Uh, appreciate you all tuning in and uh, listening to the ones that we've got up. If you are wondering kind of the vision, mission, purpose of this podcast, I go into a little more depth and detail uh, in it in the pilot episode as well as the uh, episode one uh, called nicknamed or titled as Cora's Story. So if you're looking for a little more in-depth detail what this is all about, uh, you can take a tune in there. Uh, Real quick, we are starting our series in the book of Psalms. So we will be walking through the book of Psalms roughly a chapter Uh, a chapter each episode. Uh, That might change depending on the length. I know there are a couple psalms (laughs) in here that are quite lengthy, so uh, we may contribute uh, two episodes to those, but uh, we'll see. And definitely try and stick to uh, keeping them one episode long. But we are starting uh, our psalms series today. So without further ado, we will go ahead and pray real quick and uh, ask the Lord's blessing over this time. And uh, we'll read the word, uh, and then we'll just jump into a little bit of a discussion. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, gracious Lord, we thank you for this day you've given us. Lord, this beautiful day you've given us. Lord God, we lift up this time. Lord, we pray that the words that we hear today, Lord, that they are your words, that they are not my own. Father, if I say anything that is contrary to your word of, or of, of myself, Father, I pray that it just goes in one ear and out the other. Lord God, I pray that your word goes forth. I pray that we all grow in maturity. Father, I pray that we grow in your word. Lord, that we are able to apply it to our lives daily, that we get to learn about who you are uh, daily, Father. So God, I just lift up this time. I ask that you bless it. Bless those that are listening in. Father, guide and direct them. Keep them safe if they are traveling, Father. Lord, I just pray that this is a fruitful time for us all as we dive into the psalm study today. Lord, we love you. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Alrighty, let us read the first chapter of Psalms. That'll be the structure uh, as we go about each each podcast. Is We'll pray, we'll read through the psalms, and then we'll go ahead and discuss it. Uh, I will do my best to try and switch up the translations. I think it is good to uh, switch up the translations every once in a while, get a different uh, perspective or view or really just a different uh, uh, a different way to uh, read uh, the Word of God. Still, everything still says the same. Now, you know, there are some translations that I do believe that uh, we should probably stray away from, um, like the Message Bible. I don't know that I would necessarily advocate for that one, uh, but... Uh, I will not sit here and tell you that if you read the NIV that you are the most righteous person. That's not the case. Um, don't get caught up in that argument. But that being said, um, I know I know my listeners probably read from different translations, so uh, I'll do my best to switch it up. But today we'll be starting in the New King James Version. That is where I will be reading. So if you're driving, just listen in. If you're sitting down, sipping a cup of coffee, open up your Bibles, um, We're going to start in Psalms 1. This is the word of God. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, 
nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's the word of God. That is Psalms 1. Have you ever considered, fellow listeners, have you considered to be part of the blessed, wherein you follow not the discourse of sin, but rather with your whole spirit take delight in resolving to yourself to God? Right off, uh, right away, we see, we see a couple things. We, we see a depiction of what the godly man is, what, what the blessed man is. The Lord knows who are his, and that's what we see in verse 1. He says, the blessed is the man who what? They do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, and they don't sit in seats of the scornful. And he contrasts that in verse 2, because he says, the godly man delights in the law of the Lord. And he moves into a beautiful metaphor in verse 3, right? But he says, meditating day and night, the follower of Jesus must understand that the utmost importance of the word daily, as it quite literally gives life, as it is life spoken by God who gives life and purpose and meaning. The comparator of the Christian in verse 3, this is where we get into the metaphor, the comparative of the Christian to a tree planted by water describes life, describes seasons. Read, read or listen to verse 3 again. But his delight, this is verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And get this, that brings forth its fruit in its season. That's interesting. That's key. That is key. So it's only if the tree has nutrition, right? We all, uh, most people have a, a basic understanding of that, right? You plant, you plant a, a certain type of plant, a tree, flowers, whatever it might be. You plant it in soil, healthy soil, but you don't just leave it there, right? It's got to have water. It's got to have nutrients. It's got to have something to help it grow. So only if it has the nutrition will it grow, will it mature, will it even shed dead pieces and disease, bring forth fruit and prosper, right? Now, I think it's important to note that this word prosper, it can't be taken in a selfish tone, right? I think uh, I think false teachers like to take this verse out of context and says if you just if you just listen to what I have to say if you just want to uh, just listen into what I have to say and what I can promise you'll prosper just do X Y and Z and and you'll prosper you'll you'll own that business you'll you'll ha- you'll make the most money but what is what is the prosper that the psalmist that David here is writing what does he mean? by the word prosper. 
The obedience we commit is not out of the attempt to gain more grace. It is the act necessary and obligatory as we have already received grace and should be the action we first commit. So when we hear the word prosper, when we are being obedient to the word of God, when we are not walking in sin, when we are, as God recognizes a godly man to be, one who does not walk in the path of sinners, doesn't, sorry, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, doesn't stand in the path of sinners, and doesn't sit in the seats of scornful people, does this, does this person, does this Christian prosper? And again, that word prosper, to be to, to be effective, to not be made ineffective. There's a difference there, right? To be made ineffective versus effective. The, we'll say, quote-unquote, Christian who claims to be Christian, yet engages in, takes part in, has worldly desires, is ineffective. But those that... Ab- abstain, those that pursue righteousness and godliness, and that is, right, in in the first chapter here, in these first few verses, in verse 1 and 2, mainly in 2, he says, David says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And what does he do with it? He meditates on it. The godly man meditates on the word of God day and night giving careful and deliberate and intentional thought over what he has read and what he has heard. That's important. Right? So our prospering, it's not for us. We may grow. That's right, right? We'll grow. If we are walking in obedience to the Word of God, if we are living out what we actually read and what we're saying we're reading. It's not for personal gain because Christ died to receive back his people for himself. To glorify himself. This is all about Christ, right? In fact, I'm, I have my uh, study Bible in front of me and uh, I like how they uh, kind of break down the book of Psalms. They, they break it down into three big sections here. Uh, and they, they have it uh, labeled as these three sections. Uh, they don't split out uh, certain sections of the Psalms. They just say through the 150 Psalms that we have here, it says the first one, God and his rule, honesty, and worship. These are all about Christ, right? These are not about us. These are about Christ. We will grow when we shoot roots deep into the life-giving Word of God, but it doesn't mean we will become kings on this earth, right? It doesn't mean that we get promised a perfect and and happy and just stress-free and easygoing life. We're never promised that. That's never promised in the Bible. But what it does mean And what we can gather from this is that our wealth and home is in Christ, in glory, in heaven. I believe it's uh, Matthew Henry, and I may have stated this in one of the earlier episodes, 
but we are mere, I think he says something along the lines of this. I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, we are mere sojourners. Maybe it's Charles Spurgeon, but we are mere sojourners on this earth. This is not our home. This is not our resting place. We are here for a time, okay? This is not our our end-all, be-all. Backtracking a bit, because this is, I think it's, it's important to spend a little more time on this. In verse 3, again, David writes, The godly man who is planted by the river, he shall be there like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And what does it do again? It brings forth its fruit in its season, and its leaf doesn't wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That is so interesting. In fact, I was talking with uh, my wife, actually, uh, this past Sunday morning. Cora and I were talking, we were actually talking about Psalms 1. I said, hey, let's talk, let's talk about Psalms 1. And she, she loves, this is probably one of her favorite chapters in the, in the Bible. She, is, she loves Romans. She absolutely loves Romans. But I think Psalms 1 is a, a really close second. But she said some very interesting things and something she picked up on that she kind of directed my attention toward because I don't always, I, I, I miss quite a few things sometimes. But she says, read that again, Mitchell. She says, the tree, it, it brings forth fruit in its season. I said, huh, okay. I, I can kind of see where you're going with She said, it's not always in season. I said, huh, that's interesting. Why is that interesting? Because there are times when we need to grow, right? We need time to grow and mature so that we can be effective later on. Now, that doesn't negate the uh, scripture, and I'd have to pull it up. I don't really remember where it's from, but it's coming to mind right now where we should be ready to give an answer no matter the season we're in, in and out of season, it doesn't negate that. But the fruit that is that we produce because of obedience to Christ, because it's the Holy Spirit working those things out in our lives, those happen for a season. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that uh, I bloom and blossom and produce fruit <laughs> right every, every June or, or every December, right? I don't know that there's a set season every single year. I won't, I'm not going to sit here and tell that. I think it does vary. But there are times where you are maturing and growing so that later on you might be effective for whatever the Lord needs you to do. And here's the other super, it's, it's interesting, it's, it's an amazing thing to think about, is the fact that when we move just beyond the individualistic picture of this, right? We can talk about the single tree here, but if we look at the, the body as a whole, and I'm talking about the church, Big C Church, those all across the globe, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ planted by the same river, the same waters, and that water being the Word of God, there are, mul- there are many of us that are in season, producing fruit, doing good things, or doing great things, walking in obedience to God. There are some of us that might be growing and maturing. Some of us might be helping one another out. Some of us might be keeping others accountable. Might be helping us, keep, keeping us accountable. 
But what we see here in the, in the grand scheme of things is the body as a whole. And you can even start to, I don't know if this is too much of a stretch, but you can kind of even see how when, when a, a member of the body is in sin or is, is not walking in obedience to Christ, it affects the whole body. A part affects the whole Right, Just how we read and see a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Just the tiniest bit, just the tiniest speck of sin, that one little white lie, just that one time somebody stole something or you stole something, is catastrophic. And what do we read here in this first chapter of Psalms? We hear and see what God depicts as the godly man, but he does not leave out the obverse, the obverse side of this coin. In verse 4, he writes, The ungodly are not so, meaning they, they shall not prosper. They will wither away. He says, They are like the chaff which the wind drives away. I don't know if we've got any farmhands on the episode uh, or anybody listening in who's worked on a farm at all. But the chaff is like, uh, it's like the outer shell of the wheat, and it serves no purpose. It's like a, a coating on the outside, and it's when the wheat gets threshed, when it's you know, picked up and it gets threshed, you get rid of that. It doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't taste good. You get rid of it, and it's very light. It's, it's, it's weightless, basically, and it, just, it gets blown about. Just the slightest breath from a nostril can blow it away. And this is how this is how the, the the chapter is written here. It says that the chaff are are driven away by the wind. And he says, therefore, in verse five, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Christ does not stand for sin. He will not stand for it, because he is righteous and he is good and he is perfect. He does not tolerate sin. And he must discipline accordingly. There must be righteous judgment. Because if there wasn't, if he just let it all slide, then he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be righteous. He wouldn't be good. And it's a very clear warning in verse 4, 5, and 6, really the whole chapter, that those who remain in sin, who would rather commit to the worldly indulgences, they will be blown away. They will not stand in judgment. And in verse 6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And even the end of verse 5 there, No, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. There, there won't be any present. And that is why it's so important to understand what Jesus did on the cross. His, his life here on earth. The time he, he was here on earth. It's so important to understand that. To have that personal relationship with him. To have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I love, um, I love Matthew Henry's commentary. You will hear me... Uh, frequently reference it 
uh, and I've got chapter one pulled up here, and he says some interesting things, and some of the things I think uh, that we kind of talked about align with what he was saying. He talks about the godly man. They don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Christ is talking about the character first. He also talks about later on a godly man that he may do what which is good and cleave to it and submit to the guidance of the word of God and make that familiar to him. That's verse 2, right? He delights in the law of the Lord. It is so important. It is so good to keep this in mind. And again, is this about us? No. Is there application for us? Sure. We get to read and hear and understand and see what God considers a righteous and godly man. What it means to be considered part of the blessed. What it means to be part of the blessed. That is so, that's critical uh, and crucial to this text. So what, what can we draw away from this? What, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to take away from chapter 1? And I think, I think it is this, and I, we already stated it, but just to round home base here, we hear what the blessed man is, what the godly man is, what he does and does not do. He does not indulge with sinners. Now, that does not mean he does not evangelize. Jesus went to the most, we'll say, scary places that no man would ever go to reach the lost. But what he's getting at here is that while we are here on this earth, we can be, I have to make sure I get my phrasing right here, in it, but not of it, meaning we are here on the earth, in the earth, but we are not of it, meaning we are a product of the earth. We are a product of Christ. And I think that's what he's getting at here. And he makes a clear distinction in this chapter of what the worldly man does and what the godly man does. The character of the two and the outcome depending on the character. Now, don't, don't hear me and say, well, does that mean we have to be perfect and sinless? No. No. Keep in mind, when, when Paul wrote in, in Romans that it does not mean you can sin all the more, just so grace will abound all the more. No, that's not what that means. But the more we walk in the Word of God, the more we seek to pursue righteousness and godliness daily, we, we move away from the desires of sin and the desires of this earth, and we move towards the de- desiring eternal things, things that are above, things that are like Christ, that we desire to be like him, that we desire to be with him in eternity. That is what I think we can draw away from this passage. We hear a characteristic of God in this. We hear the just God. We hear the just that is part of him. We can't deny that. We can't ignore that. God is just. And he will judge accordingly when he returns. So while we are here, 
ask yourselves this. Am I pursuing Christ daily? Am I doing my best to pursue Christ daily? Or am I walking in the counsel of the wicked? Am I seated in the seats of the scornful? I think those are important questions to ask. In fact, I read a quote uh, recently where uh, I think it was addressing the uh, meditating on the day uh, word day and night before you go to bed at night. Before you lay your head or maybe while you lay your head down at night. Go about the, the events of the day. What did you do? What did you say? What did you watch? What did you indulge in? How did you use your time? Do you need to be repentant? I'm a strong uh, believer in repenting daily. I know I mess up frequently. But go about that. Ask yourselves, how did I, how did I, how, how did I not glorify Christ today? I think those are important questions to ask because we need to make sure we're keeping our hearts in check. Right, so we need to keep our hearts in check. And I pull from uh, Mark 7, actually, specifically Mark 7, uh, chapter, or sorry, chapter 7, verse, verse 20. And he said, this is Jesus speaking, and he said, What comes out of a man that defiles a man? For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. The unredeemed heart. That is the product of the unredeemed heart. And that is why it's so important to have words with ourselves. That's a that's a Cora phrase. That's my wife's phrase. She says she has words with herself daily. Almost, almost talking with herself. Checking her heart. Where does it lie? What is coming out of it? Because it's, it's, a, it's a direct... How do I want to say this? It's a direct measure, I guess you can say. Or it's a form of measurement of how you're currently living. Are you taking serious what you're reading? Are you actually learning it? Is it actually becoming part of your life? Or is it just some words on a piece of paper? One of the tough lessons that I've learned over this past month at my pharmacy rotations is that it is very, very easy to... Make believe, make people believe you know things. And I'm not saying I'm a two-sided person, but what I'm getting at is you, you, can, you can trick yourself very easily into thinking that you know something. And I thought I had known something on rotation, and I got quizzed by a doctor during rounds one time. Oh my goodness, I was foolish. I stumbled over my words. I didn't know what I was saying. I, I thought I knew, and oh, I was wrong. It's really easy to just kind of nod in agreement 
But until you're asked those tough questions, is it revealed in yourself whether or not you truly know it, right? So that's key. That is key, especially for the Christian. You need to be conversing with your heart, if, if you will, on a daily basis. You need to figure out where it is, where it lies. Is it standing on the Word of God, or is it standing upon the world? It's something we all, especially myself, need to consider daily. It's so important because a heart left unchecked, well, what did we read from Mark 7? One that is unredeemed, what did we read from Mark 7? In Matthew 7, we read the types of, about the types of trees, which is fitting for verse 3 here in Psalms chapter 1. A good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. Ask yourselves these questions. Have people, trusted people who you deem more mature spiritually around you to keep you accountable, to ask those tough questions. It's so important to have a community of believers. That's why we, you hear so many people advocate for being involved in the church and getting connected with the pastor or fellow brothers and sisters because we need those checks. We need those checks in our lives. There's a book that I'm reading. It's called Rediscovering Discipleship. And we're kind of going through, the, I'm kind of going through the history uh, of discipleship. And one of the, uh, we'll say, I don't want to use the word famous, but we'll, we'll say it for now, famous evangelists, uh, somebody that um, really pushed for discipleship, uh, did his best to dissolve or at least discourage being strictly individualistic in the growth uh, of a spiritual in, of a person in the spiritual walk. Now it's important to have your personal time with Christ, to read the Word, to have time with God alone. It's all important, but that is not that's not the long term solution. That's not what you're supposed to do long term. Because we are supposed to be in a community. We are supposed to grow together. We're supposed to lift each other up together. That's why when we read in Psalms chapter 1, those that are planted by the rivers of water, they prosper, they grow their fruit in their season. And when they're not in their season, they're growing and they're maturing. It's critical to have that aspect, have that part of our lives. It's really easy. It's so easy to just breeze by. To, to, to neglect, to scoot into church unannounced and quiet and scoot out before the service is over on Sunday mornings. But it is so worthwhile to, to be poured into and to pour into others as we are all seeking to glorify Christ in everything we do, to walk in obedience to Him. Amen. Thank you again. This is the conclusion of our episode for today. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope this has been helpful. Um, hopefully that the, the things we kind of talked about and discussed aren't too off base. Um, again, I, I am imperfect. I am fallible. So if I have said anything that is contrary, forgive me. 
Uh, I ask for forgiveness of it. Um, I do my best to try and come prepared for these things that so that you know, we can all kind of learn and grow together. But again, I thank you all for tuning in. Um, God bless you all. And uh, have a wonderful morning, evening, uh, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, but this has been The Word with Mitchell Weber.